Hello and welcome back everyone. You are listening to the second episode of the Free Flow podcast. I hope you had a great and a productive week. Although I understand if not all the days were productive, like I'll speak for myself here, the rainy weather, the cloudy sky, um it makes me really lazy on a few days. Uh <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's just me looking for an excuse to not work, right? Uh anyway, thank you for all the support guys. Uh I am absolutely pumped up for today's topic because it is damn interesting. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back and lend me your ears for I Utsari Gupta Bhaya is going to enlighten you by the end of this episode. So let's get started. Imagine paying your hard-earned money to other couples just because they did not choose to have more than two children. <laughs> well, that's technically where your taxes will be going if this draft the UP government proposed a few days back comes into picture and becomes a bill later on. Today we're going to talk about a much debatable topic, population control. On the face of it, controlling population in India would look like an extremely important step because you know India is so densely populated it is the second most uh, populated country in the world and all the problems happening in India is because of population and controlling population would be the ideal solution to every problem like poverty inequality hunger and what not well it isn't that simple uh, there are many layers to this which is what we are going to discuss today Uh, we'll see where and how do you draw the line between the rights of individuals to reproduce or not, or to have more children or not, and increasing population density in a nation which is "quote unquote" delaying growth and development. We will also talk about what inspired China to adopt the Malthusian strategy of population control while looking at the side effects of their one-child policy. Is a population control required in India? Is high population a problem at all? or it's the low capacity and the incompetency of the state also a very quick revision to two terms i'll be using frequently one is the fertility rate which is the average number of children born per woman the other is replacement rate of population which is the rate at which a population exactly replaces itself from one generation to the next generation without migration and the replacement rate is 2.1 for most of the nations below 2.1 the population stops growing rather it starts declining now coming to the first topic current population status of india we are aware of the controversial population policy draft proposed by the up government in july 2021 the draft incentivizes people to have two or less kids but disincentivizes people who have more than two kids the purpose of this bill is stabilized development and quote unquote equitable distribution it has proposed some very coercive policies on people with more than two kids now this has come at a time when india's population is indeed stabilizing by itself and uh, the total fertility rate has decreased across the majority of the states the current population of india is 1.38 billion and according to the un we expect it to reach 1.68 billion by 2050 but it is also estimated that gradually the population growth will come to an end because right now we are already on our way to a marginal decline in population growth our current fertility rate is 2.2 which is 0.1 less than the replacement rate which is great for india meanwhile even the indian study 
The fifth National Family Health Survey says that India's population is already stabilizing by itself because the total fertility rate has decreased in majority of the states. The birth rate of UP is gradually declining. Currently, it is 2.7 and it is expected to reach the replacement rate of 2.1 by 2026 naturally without any law. So, do we need a policy which artificially slows the population growth, not to mention, you know, the side effects of such coercion. And when I say side effects, I talk about female infanticide, female feticide, highly skewed sex ratio, selective abortions, unsafe abortions, and what not. Before I move on to China's one-child policy, I would like you to know what inspired China to make that move. This famous theory uh, on population was given by Thomas Robert Malthus in 1798. He said that population often tends to outstrip the food supply of a nation. Man will never stop reproducing unless he is forced not to. According to him, gradually people will die of starvation because increase in population will be more than increase in food production. So many people will be left hungry and deprived of food, uh, leading to famines, uh, malnutrition, etc. According to him, if preventive checks like avoidance of marriage, later marriage or less children per marriage are not exercised, then positive checks like war, famines and disease will operate. It is no secret that his conclusions have been falsified by many countries, including India. India's green revolution was an influx of technology in the agricultural sector. We had more and more food production in spite of rapid increase in population because we were producing more due to technological advancement in the agricultural sector. However, one of the countries which restored to Malthusian policies of preventive checks was China. When Chinese population reached 1 billion in 1980, it was predicted that on an average 3 children per family would lead to mass starvation while 1 child per family would double the standard of living of China. So in order to stabilize its population growth and development, China controlled the rights of individuals to reproduce and laid stringent punishments and disincentives for the ones who had more than one child. What went wrong with China's one-child policy and what can we learn from China? Being a communist nation, China knew no bounds of this policy. Rural China and the marginalized class went through the worst of all. The indoctrination of one child was so ingrained that the county officials were rewarded for thousands of forced sterilizations. Also, there's this amazing documentary called One Child Nation that... Uh, I came across in Prime Video. It talks about the atrocities rural China had to face when one-child policy was imposed. And uh, from the documentary, a midwife from a rural district says, and I quote, I aborted 50,000 to 60,000 and many of them I killed myself by choking them. We did not make the decisions. We only executed the orders. Women were abducted, tied and dragged to us by the county doctors. They used to demolish homes or take their possessions. County officials forced women to sterilize who did not want to. And it was painful to watch. I had to place the national interest above what I felt. Unquote. After three decades of one-child policy, China has adopted two-child policy and in some places, three-child policy. As it is now challenged by an aging population, shrinking workforce crisis and a highly skewed sex ratio. Now coming to India, 
in india we are surely not under a communist regime that we will be picked up from our homes and uh, you know be forced to sterilized the first and the last time it happened was in 1976 during the emergency under the congress right uh, but if we disincentivize people who do not comply to the two child policy we do something very similar to china we might not use brute force or drag people from their homes but we force people to act a certain way as they end up becoming very scared of the loss that they might incur if they uh, have a third child so this makes them stick to only two children as per the policy and that is great right on the face of it this might look great but this paves way to more sex specific abortions there might be people who would not like to have two girls or one girl there can be people who would like you know two sons or one son which is why there would be more sex specific abortions female infanticide or female feticide india's sex ratio has improved in the last few years and we definitely don't want to reverse that moreover here this one out this is a bit uh, number centric so just pay some attention the fertility rate of china dropped from 2.69 in 1980 to 1.61 in 2019 and that is a drop of 42% whereas india's fertility rate dropped from 4.82 in 1980 to 2.2 in 2019 india saw more than 50% of drop without any coercive one child policy like china and india focused more on education and awareness Similarly UP is currently at 2.7 and it is expected to touch the replacement rate of 2.1 by 2026 without any government intervention without uh, this government coming up with a two child policy hence if you ask me in my opinion i do not see any need for a separate policy which you know encourages people to have two or less children the government plans to spend so much through the incentives for people with lesser children like you know it promises uh, cash incentives or free education or free healthcare none of it makes enough sense to me given that you are spending on such heavy loads towards something which is inevitable not to mention the long run consequences of such a policy the government should rather invest more into family planning awareness education um, and breaking the taboo the long run economic impact of this policy could be worse after a point there could be you know more dependent population uh, meaning more senior citizens more social security expenditure with a limited working population which could further lead to a fiscal crunch coming to the last section of the podcast economic development versus population There are two sides to this argument the side which considers population as an asset to the nation it says higher population growth gives higher working population which means higher productivity higher consumption higher demand and higher economic growth in short while the other side looks at population as a liability it says that higher population means higher unequal distribution higher inequality due to fixed resources and that is a pretty fair argument if you notice we can find both the traits in a population like india which has very limited resources but after a point what becomes more important is not the growing population but the stagnant capacity of a state in managing that population economists today are not so worried about population growth as much as they are worried about how this growing population is addressed 
think of it this way we have 1.37 doctors per thousand indians right we do not need lesser citizens but we need more doctors we need more engineering seats we do not need lesser citizens but we need more schools more educational institutes more hospitals and we know that the government cannot do it all and the government is not supposed to do it all in fact but it has to pave the way for the private players to compete to enter the market so that there are more schools more hospitals and more doctors per thousand indians you remember in 1995 india's vsnl was the first to you know bring internet data pack to the country right at that time the price of 40 minutes of internet usage per day used to cost rupees 15000 but look at us now in short the politicians want us to believe that economic growth is hindered because of high population they totally neglect the fact that more population leads to more productivity and more consumption in an economy and poverty and inequality is not because of high population but lack of capacity building lack of competition in the market lack of checks and balances lack of decentralized planning and the problems begin when the government spends millions of rupees into a low capacity state more than half of the time the extravagant social programs do not reach the beneficiaries because of low capacity state and there is no point in a population control bill or preaching family planning to people who are in abyss of poverty right it never was a population problem as much as they want you to believe so and the use of technology plus market competition has helped the society to come out of a zero sum game and achieve social welfare only when players fairly compete in a market can we see the best of innovations with the best of product quality at the best of prices and the poverty which also is a product of increasing income inequality and inequality in opportunity represents only one formula spending big spending big in a low state capacity to a point where it looks commendable and later on acceptable popularly under the garb of development of course meanwhile the victims of the low capacity state the poor people the marginalized people get further drawn away from the average middle class unnecessary population control policies in an already stabilizing population is like using a temporary fix to all your problems a fix which is not at all required in this case at least and it is not the population we need to fix but the concentration of power in a few hands only dispersion of power and keeping an eye on the checks and balances in an economy can we address a robust population equally and adequately lastly you and i as a citizen of the nation must do our duties enough be as excited as your municipal election as you are for your lok sabha election the problem actually begins when we start to think that the parliament is the answer to your poor sewage system in the neighborhood so yes we must do enough Here's the quote of today's episode. When there is low state capacity, there is a bigger chance of using state power in wrong ways. When state capacity is low, taxes should be low, expenditure on public programs should be low, and it is best to use coercion mildly. 
It is taken from the book In Service of the Republic, written by Vijay Kelkar and Ajay Shah. And it is true, I'm still reading the same book from the first episode. I mean, it is quite interesting. Uh, so please give it a read, even if you're not an economics or a policy enthusiast. On that note, have an amazing weekend and a very productive week ahead. Next up is a special guest episode on a very special topic. So I'll see you soon. And, and, and before I leave, do not forget to follow our Instagram channel at the rate the free flow pod for regular updates. Thank you for listening. Have a nice day, everyone.